Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. And this is the first of our daily podcasts live from Russia, bringing you a bit of flavour of the 2018 World Cup. Well, it was day one today, live from Moscow. And we had some top guests joining us, didn't we, uh, here at the John Dunn Pub, uh, including Elliot Rothwell, who's been living here for... 18 months and he's covered the country all yeah, the big host very, cities very interesting and uh, then we spoke to a Russian guy Nick a lovely fellow spoke beautiful English and he's, him and his family were on the way to the game today so you'll hear that you certainly uh, will we'll hear from Tinsel the Turkey yeah tremendous yeah he's got details of the score of the first game if you're listening to this quite uh, before that match has been played and we had a little bit of a roundup of our journey here and what we've been up to so far, and that's what you'll hear. And of course, we've set a challenge for the moose, which we'll do throughout the tournament. So, this is what went on day one at the World Cup. And Andy Jacobs with you through until four here on TalkSport. Where this afternoon we are coming to you live from the John Dunn Pub in Moscow ahead of the opening game of the 2018 World Cup in Russia. I thought I was on with Alan for a minute. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. such a long intro. It was. Morning. <laughs> coming up over the next three hours, we'll build up to the host nation's crucial game with Saudi Arabia. We'll tell you what to expect from the opening ceremony. And we'll catch up with Russia fans before they head to the stadium. We'll also meet a Brit abroad that's travelled to every host city ahead of the tournament to give us a flavour of what to expect. Uh, we'll also issue Moose with his first Moscow challenge. And the official predictive animal to H&J, Tinsel the Turkey, gives you the score of today's opening fixture. Yeah, Tinsel's uh, back. He wasn't cheap but uh, he has returned and he'll be looking in detail at the opening game of this World Cup a little bit later on but it's uh, Hawksby and Jacobs with you through until four uh, good afternoon everyone good afternoon Andy good afternoon everybody good afternoon Paul and uh, I, I have to tell you actually before we start I may not be here by the end of the show is because, that right uh, yeah the management discovered I signed for Classic FM last week and they, they, they want to send me home is this a, a kind of little bit of satire that's not quite working? 
on Lopetegui, <laughs> yeah, the Spanish exactly manager. That's exactly what it is. Okay. And if I do go, I'm going to be replaced by the Russian radio presenter, Mike Gorky Parry. That's, oh, that's nice. That, that, <laughs> we like that one, certainly. Uh, Andy has just said the most stupid thing yes, I have. in the history of stupid. We, uh, one, we had a, you're going to hear from Nick a little bit later, and he's just gone off to the stadium with his family for yeah. the game. He's very excited. Very excited, yeah. And uh, he came over and he said, have you learned any Russian since you've been here? He said, well, not very much. So said, Please and thank you and stuff. He said, okay, let me, he was teaching us a chant, wasn't he? Yeah. Rasia, 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 and Andy said, "What does that mean?" <laughs> well, you what, know, what does that mean? I didn't understand. Can what I have twenty Benson and edges? It doesn't mean that. <laughs> is it? So anyway, uh, that, yeah. that'll be the chant you'll be hearing a lot of in the stadium. Although, as you'll discover uh, from our Russian fan, fair bit of trepidation out of this game. <laughs> It's more hope than expectation yeah, as they head for the Luznicki, they, well, isn't it? Well, they know they, they haven't got the greatest team, but you'll hear that these, they've got some cause for optimism. But it's such a it's a it's beautiful to be here in Moscow. There's no yeah. question about it. It's a World Cup. It's everything that we thought it would be. Um, people have been so nice, and despite all the scare stories, you know who you are who wrote them. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, it's true. We haven't been beaten up. We haven't had to well, round. I mean, it's, it's very early days. Well, we haven't had to round up any stray dogs, and people have been very nice to us. I might beat you up, yeah. <laughs> After about two and a half weeks, well, that's you might find possible. it won't get. Yeah, it won't come from the from the home <laughs> crowd. So it's been a, it's been a quite eventful so far. We got to the airport and uh, we found our producer John John Cadigan yeah. uh, exchanging money at the worst possible place. Oh yeah, and we worked Do out. You know the thing they always say about <laughs> don't change the money at the airport. I know, brilliant. I think you basically <laughs> owed them money by the end of it. Didn't you, you got seventy nine because you're very good at this. I got seventy seven. Seventy nine and a half. I'm oh, so I got seventy seven point two. Okay, what and did he John sixty seven. Yeah. Pretty poor. Says money won't go far. So that was a schoolboy error from yeah. someone who is still right. technically a schoolboy. Well, that's true. Let's he, be had, he had to check the broadcast kit in, and it was bigger than him. Let's it be was. Honest. That's why he said he, he could stay in that case. And he's taken to this uh, not wearing his glasses. Yeah. With some mad. Yeah. Maybe theory. the listeners can clear this up. He has. A, yeah. He's a man that needs glasses. Yeah. But he's refusing to wear them because he thinks. It's like a gymnasium for his eyes. <laughs> so as long as he doesn't wear them, as long as he rages against the dying, he keeps of the, losing us. It's him dying of the sight. The distance. Yeah, brilliant. and so he can't see. Any. He wanders around. Yeah. yeah. So is that true? If you if you put off well, wearing glasses, I have heard that. Before, I imagine actually. it damages yeah, your eyes, doesn't it? Well, I don't know. I think it does. I mean, you've got the worst eyesight. Well, that's in the world. True. I so. have actually. I can't see anything. But uh, you know, I'm, especially my glasses are very scratched at the moment. Okay. But I'm gonna I'm gonna soldier through. What else has happened? Jose Mourinho was on our plane. He was. He was. That's yeah. right. He was in business, flight. believe it or not. Well, yeah, he, was, he, was, yeah. he was sitting up the front of the plane. As was a bloke we call Russian David Meller. Ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah, ah, uh, that, etc. Yeah, that's it, yep. <laughs> and not me. And, uh, oh, John was very unlucky, actually, because he must be the only person to have been in Moscow for sort of two days and not see Red Square. Yeah, that's true. We couldn't get in there last he hasn't night. Seen as we some said, he hasn't been able to put that photo on Instagram that everybody's done. And that's where Here's everybody's congregating yeah. at the moment. Uh, we've seen videos, haven't we, from the centre of Red Square, and all the fans are there, sort of dancing in the streets and yeah. getting right into it. You've got to blame Placido Domingo. Though. Yeah, that's right. He, uh, he had a gig there last night, and uh, security was tight. So I don't know if he's a target, Placido. I wouldn't think so. But he I mean, just loves a free ticket from FIFA, that fella. <laughs> he does. He always rocks up. He I loves did, his football. I did curse him. We we did genuinely go to Jamie's Italian. We just needed something where to eat quickly and it, you know look well we knew what we get it wasn't very russian really let's be honest i've not i've do you know what i've not been to one in in the uk well, uh, before <laughs> really? so the first time i've ever been to one was was actually, i don't think i have but i used the facilities there oh yeah and i don't know if it's a kind of jamie's great joke on the russian people or he does it everywhere but in the facilities they got the kind of old pull handle toilet yeah, flush yeah. Mm-hmm. and he's got this very kind of ornate uh engraved cistern and it's got 
Thomas Crapper and Sons, something like that. Yeah, really? So he's, he's properly gone for it. You know, I don't know if it's something he does all over Perhaps the world. Perhaps he's a relation. Well, I wouldn't think so, no. <laughs> okay, next. And we, got, uh, we were offered complimentary ketchup. I've never had that before. Yeah, that's I right. Mean, you know, normally it's free anyway. So they said, here is your complimentary ketchup. Yeah, that's right. Like my Russian accent. That's, that's very <laughs> good. Yeah, it's it? really coming on. <laughs> and uh, uh, breakfast wasn't great either, wasn't it? Let's be honest. It wasn't fantastic. Not a stunner, no. No, John had a dry roll and a specimen sample like apple juice. <laughs> That's right. Which I actually thought was a urine sample when you came back. I was about to thought you got diabetes or something. It's been a very odd glass you put it in. <laughs> but we do use the, the translator. That's very, very uh, handy. We should, the good people at Microsoft, they don't get a great deal of publicity these days. <laughs> That's true. They but, need the uh, money. But, uh, yeah, I mean, their translator has proved very useful, although... Yeah. Uh, earlier on, Andy wanted to ask whether chips came Does with his burger. Does it come with fries? I Does it, it come with... The only problem is that um, by the time he keyed it in, <laughs> opened the app, keyed in, does it come with fries? <laughs> Somebody who spoke English had wandered over the bar and we'd yeah. establish it came with fries. Yeah, so you've got to key it in quicker, Andy. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. It's a shame. We've been to... Uh, you'll, hear, you'll hear this tomorrow. We've been to the uh, exhibition of classic football shirts. That took a bit of a... It was quite a hike, wasn't it, to get there? Yeah. And, uh, but we got there in the end, and it was worth it. <laughs> Good afternoon, Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport, live from Moscow, ahead of the uh, first game of the 2018 World Cup. We are uh, kicking off our little tour in Moscow. We're then on to uh, St. Petersburg, to Sochi, and to Kaliningrad, where, of course, England will play Belgium. Uh, we've just got to get a slight flavour of the mm. place. Let's speak to someone now who's been everywhere, been to all of the host cities. Elliot Rothwell has been working for uh, ESPN, and uh, he joins us now. Elliot, good afternoon. Oh, can't just, hear you. Just put your microphone on. There won't be a second. There we are. We're all set. Oh, yeah. Not Good a bad idea. Hello. Hey. Oh, hey. Well done. Fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, what a, what a great honour. I mean, here it is. You must be really keyed up because you've, you've been sort of traversing the country. Yeah, it's a bit It's a bit strange now. This Today I was thinking I was in the uh, road with all the fans, Peru fans, Mexican fans yesterday, thinking, wow, it's actually happened now. You know, I've been here for nearly a year. It's been this big looming thing, the distance. I've been everywhere. And now there actually are people here. So how did the chance to do this come about? Um, so I studied uh, Soviet history at my master's last year and had learnt Russian previously and decided that if my Russian was going to get any better, I needed to come to Russia. And before that, I worked as a journalist, uh, football journalist. So kind of got here and a lot of people like messaged me saying, oh, you're in Russia, you used to do this, you kind of want to marry the two. It's a good time to do it for the World Cup and it's built from there, really. Wow. wow. And uh, where have you exactly been? All over? Every been to city? everyone. The, the, the most recent one was Saransk, which I went to this week. Um, which was a bit strange that you, you really understand what the World Cup means to the people in the smaller cities when you go mm. to like a place like Saransk and the fan zone was there and because the city's so small the fan zone is basically the whole city now <laughs> and there was a concert on and like families were there all ages every type of person in the city just really enjoying it and really this is they've never seen anything like this before and that's I think that's what it's about really it's, it's a vast country and I suppose you've noticed a lot of cultural differences because it's simply so big this must be very, very different in very in different parts of the country. Yeah, you go to Moscow and St. Petersburg, and obviously there's these big metropolises that aren't too dissimilar to London, really. You can find everything in the same shops, all, all the same kind of brands. And then you go to a place like Samara or Saransk and Nizhny Novgorod, and, and Samara and Nizhny Novgorod were closed until the fall of the Soviet Union. F uh, foreigners were, were restricted from going there. So really for them to see like a thousand Panamanians going to be in Nizhny Novgorod for the England game, probably, it's just something out of this world for them. And, and really... I think that they just want to have a huge party. They they want to show off their own culture. There's there's regional delicacies everywhere you go. Um, some of them are a bit outlandish, and I wouldn't recommend people try some of them. But well, yeah. give us give us an example. Thing, yeah. yeah. 
there's a thing called uh, I always get the name wrong. I think it's called holadiet, and it's it's like a it looks like jelly, but it's meat. It's this kind of it, it basically kind of looks like you know cat food. It, oh, it, sounds it, yummy. it looks like cat food. It looks like whiskers or something like that. And it's and it, it, but pe- Russian people or some people love it. And I just I've never been able to stomach it. I've just seen it in a few restaurants on on menus and just thought you've not even given this. it a try. I just I've just seen it on a, a like neighbor's plate and just thought was it moving? Was it, <laughs> it wasn't far away from me. I thought it was going to jump off the plate. Oh wow! So how's your Russian game? Have you, has it improved? Yeah, it's been it's it's really good now. I've done a few Russian TV interviews in Russian, so it's it's okay. There's still a few mistakes, and I still say a few wrong things, and kind of they, it's very obvious that I'm not Russian. But yeah, I can speak reasonably well. Now, England English isn't widely spoken. I mean, you know, there are we we're going to hear from somebody later on a Russian fan who spoke brilliant English, but it's not widely spoken. So as you get out of the big capitals out of St. Petersburg and Moscow is that kind of more pronounced I think so it's been a bit of a different experience for me because I've not really needed to use English when I've been to these places but you go in like bars and you'll always find a football fan who knows English or somebody who's willing to talk to you in English and especially in the smaller places if they do know English they very rarely get a chance to practice it so they're very keen if you're an English person to say look at me I know English even though I live in this place and, and so you find people very hospitable wherever you go do you have a favorite city that you I think Yekaterinburg is my favourite and when I was there I was thinking about how good it would be during the World Cup because it's quite small I'm from Manchester, it reminded me of Manchester a bit it's got this own independent kind of culture it's dominated by a huge lake in the middle of the city that you can walk around and the best thing I thought for the World Cup is that the stadium is in walking distance from the centre of the city which is pretty much a rarity in every other place it's probably a 10-15 minute walk so it was a very compact, very interesting place Now one of the sort of unwelcome legacies of, of a World Cup, these kind of white elephant stadiums that get turned into bus garages as we saw in in Brazil when we've seen in other World Cups uh, now um, there's only one ground as far as we know that's not at the moment being regularly used by a team and that's Sochi or will be mm. but that's going to change because there's a team moving from St. Petersburg isn't there a kind of lower division side Dynamo moving. St. Petersburg that's right Dynamo St. Petersburg are moving from moving from uh, St. Petersburg and that's a that's a couple of hours in a plane so if they've got a few fans I'm not sure they're going to be making their way to the home game. <laughs> not really. Yeah, the fans are snooker, I think, if <laughs> any Dinamo St. Petersburg fans are out there. Yeah, that, that, so they had a team until about 2011, and the classic story of a few Russian teams in the smaller regions, they come to the Premier League, get relegated, the owners lose interest, and then they go bust. And so, really, oh dear. I th- <laughs> <laughs> As a Chelsea fan, that's not great to Well, I think you'll be okay. <laughs> and I, I was in Sochi a while ago and, and just thinking, you know, they really need to have a team here because they've got this huge stadium. They've built, basically rebuilt the city for international sport, but they've ignored local sport. And so I think there will be a few unhappy fans in St. Petersburg, but uh, not, there aren't many Dinamo St. Petersburg fans. Most people in St. Petersburg support Zenit. So yeah. I think it will be a, a good thing for Sochi, but whether the locals immediately fall in love with the new team. I mean, I support Berry, who are 125 years old. I can't imagine if they went out of bus and a new team arrived in Berry that I'd immediately fall in love with it. So I think it would be quite difficult to adapt. We did put this to our Russian expert, mm. Arty, yesterday, and we, and we said, so what about the fans they have at the moment? Will they travel? He says, they have no fans. I said, well, they must have some fans. He said, no, they have no fans. <laughs> so he doesn't think, <laughs> yeah. seem to think it's going to be an issue but at if, all. I've got news if it doesn't work, they are going to move Berry to Sochi. We <laughs> <laughs> don't want to worry that's, you. That's definitely you probably get to see more of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Have not, they've not even been on TV this season. It's been a nightmare. We have, we've kind of noticed, I don't know, maybe it's a, we, we were in uh, Moscow for the draw. Uh, uh, in in December, mm. and you'd be kind of looking at the the metro sign struggling a bit. And you did look, you didn't get a great deal of help, but it's been very noticeable on this trip. I don't know if it's been 
a word that's gone out there to the Russian people. People really are going out their way saying, do you need some help? If they speak a bit of English, they mm. spot you. Can I help you? Can I send you in the right direction? Yeah, I think people definitely are making an effort. When I flew back from Saransk on Tuesday, the first time ever that the, the uh, person in passport control actually spoke to me and said, oh, you're here for the football. Mm. And, and never before has that happened. They, they've even installed English language uh, voiceovers on the metro now yeah. so I think they're trying to make a big effort to make sure everyone feels very welcome passport control was excellent yeah, as well I I was really say. a lot of people there we got through incredibly quickly which and that's always a big bugbear at tournaments isn't it well, I was going to say I don't know how efficient Russian society normally is but uh, as Paul just said the airline we got through very quickly on customs also accreditation this morning very smooth very quick very easy so we've been impressed with that side of it yeah, I think they, they've put a lot of resources behind it and obviously the state is here is very powerful so that they, they pride themselves on being able to organise people and get things done, really. A good performance to start, well, a win, really. That's not, I mean, good performances neither in nor there. Well, the other two games to come, uh, which are going to be much harder to win, Egypt and Uruguay, they need to get something Russia. They need to find, just find a way of scoring a goal and just a little spawny 1-0. Your sense is going to be very tight cagey probably not that entertaining game because there's so much riding on it for both teams well, I can't wait yeah well <laughs> I know you could try and talk it up but so no, often no, those first games of a yeah, World Cup absolutely right. they're always yeah. like that aren't they generally yeah and the pressure I think will be huge I don't think any of these players will have felt pressure like it and really I, it's one that I've been worrying about you know Saudi Arabia are, are quite a weak team and it's a potential for a huge banana skin if they play out kind of a, trudge, a turgid 1-1 draw people are going to be pretty unhappy but what I've found is that that Russian the Russian team isn't the be-all and end-all of the World Cup for Russian people. I tweeted something in Russian last week when Salah was injured, saying, oh, this is going to be good for the Russian team. Every, I was pilloried. They were, no, we want to see the best players here. This is our only chance to see Salah play here. It's our only chance to see Cristiano Ronaldo in Sochi, Luis Suarez in Yekaterinburg. And really, this is what the World Cup is about for us. It's not, we don't really, we know the Russian team's garbage. <laughs> what we want to do is enjoy the players here that we will never, ever see again. That's a good attitude. What about, so, uh, what about going to matches here? Have you been to a lot of games here? Yeah, I've been to a few. Um, when the season was on, I, I used to live near CSK, so I went there a few times. Um, when I visited Yekaterinburg, I went to the Ural Derby against Amkar Perm, which they call it a derby, where it's a six-hour car journey, but that, I, that's <laughs> Russia. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a big place. Yeah, that, it's, it's been, I've never seen any violence. I've seen at one ground I saw some, some racist chanting at Tarpiedo, but they're kind of a team infamous for their racist fans. Uh, their, their ultra element is quite right-wing and quite hardcore, but that was the only instance I saw. Uh, do you think, I mean, obviously back home you're probably aware of this, there's been a bit of a fear that of, of hooliganism, mainly potentially directed at England fans after what happened in Marseille. Do you think that's unlikely? I think it's unlikely. Obviously, it only takes a few people, a few beers, too many to cause an incident. But uh, from what I've been told by a few Russian journalists that I know, the, the plane back from Marseille, one of the planes that came back from Marseille two years ago, was pinpointed by the Russian authorities, and everybody who was on that plane has been banned from the tournament. So wow. whether that, how that comes into effect, I don't know. I, I was also told that the Russian police have, have really earmarked these people that they know are issue problems. They've said, if we see you anywhere near a ground, join any of the games, we're going to effectively put you under house arrest. There's going to be a policeman stationed outside your house to make sure you stay there. So they really want to deal with it. And one of the big things, obviously, about any tournament is the PR value of it. And, and Russia, Russian state knows that if there's even one incident of violence, that it's going to mar the whole tournament. And it's the sort of thing that we'll be talking about for the next year or two years. Uh, Elliot, where can we read or see what you've been up to in, the, in this sort of uh, period when you've been going around the country? You can read all my um, travels on ESPN, a few things on the set pieces, and on Twitter, it's just at Elliot Rothwell. And are you in the stadium this afternoon, or are we going to watch the game? I'm going to be watching it in the fan zone. I'm writing a piece about how the Russian reaction to... 
everybody hear what's going on. So I'll be trying to speak to Russian fans while they're watching the game. Excellent. We're going to head up there as yeah, well. So we're looking sounds forward good. to it. Lovely, Lovely to, to meet you. you. Thanks Thank so you. much for coming along. Hawksman Jacobs live from Moscow. We're in the John Dunn pub, which is uh, filling up nicely. You kind of sense those that are heading to the stadium for the game and have got the uh, golden ticket. have already made their way. Uh, others are ready. The big screens are up yeah, there. It's up. not far, though, is it? It's only about three stops. Yeah, the, it's not very far to the stadium and, yeah. at all. Um, but we were, it was a family, a big extended family on the table uh, next to us in the John Dunn pub earlier on. Mm. And got chatting to uh, one of the guys, Nick. He... Uh, He's a big football fan, spoke magnificent English, as you're about to hear. And uh, we got kind of a flavour of the way the Russian fans are, are feeling ahead of this first game. Well, Nick, um, are you very excited about the start of the World Cup? I'm absolutely excited. It's, it's awesome. We've been, we've been waiting on this for a long, long time, and finally that's going to happen. Yes, absolutely excited about this. And you're very lucky. You've got, you and your family have got tickets for the opening ceremony and the opening game. Were they difficult to get? That was pure luck. I mean, absolutely. I mean, uh, lots of people wanted to get it. We, uh, we tried, and uh, yeah, it's... It, it did work fantastic. well for us. Yeah. Fantastic. And a uh, bit of face painting your kids. They look good. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we want to support our, our, our team as much as uh, we, we can. And yeah, I mean, you can see the jerseys, face painting, everything is there. Yeah. Uh, when you speak to your friends about the World Cup, what do they say? Are they, are they all feeling very positive about it? That it will be a good World Cup here? Well, first of all, it's, uh, you know, it's, we want to let every, everyone know that it's, it's, it's not about politics, right? I mean, it's a World Cup, it's sport, so everybody is welcome here. So we, we're sure it's going to be the best, maybe one of the best World Cup ever. So yes, uh, everybody's excited, everybody's very welcome. Uh, we're here to support not only our country, but everybody who's here. We are friendly. We, we, it's, it's just it's a world peace, you know. Here, here to that, and it's really noticeable that it's a, like a festival. Fans from all over different countries. It's incredible, and it, it's great for Russia to welcome all these people. I think. Of course, of course. I mean, I mean, me and my friends, we we uh, we used to, we went to other countries as well, right? I mean, uh, 2008, Austria, Switzerland was awesome European Championship, and the other places. But I think we can do, you know, as good as the other countries did, right? I mean, so that's that's why we're here. Again, everybody is welcome. It's going to be awesome. So. And what about today's game? I mean, Russia not having a good time at the moment. Oh, my God. They, yes. need, they need to win today, it's don't they? It's definitely the most important game. It's yeah. the, more, the most important game. Everybody is nervous. You know, it's a start. But, again, we're here to support our, our, our team. So, hopefully, everything is going to work well for our team. And it's going to be a good start for us to, you know, to as long as we're here. I mean, I don't know. It's Who are the Russian players you like to watch and the other English fans, British fans should look out for? Well, uh, we, we have pretty good players on our team. I mean, we, we, I think we have pretty strong offense, right? I mean, Fedor Smolov, uh, Golovin, I mean, I, I know he, he has some, maybe uh, Juventus, you know, from Italy is gonna, so we have pretty strong offense, so I think uh, it's probably our best line, right? 
Uh, midfield is pretty good. I mean, Roman Zognin, who plays for my uh, favorite team, Spartak Moscow, he's pretty good. Young and strong. So I think uh, I think those are pretty, you know, probably the, the the people to watch. Do you think it's important for the World Cup that Russia go into the next stage of the competition, get out of the group? Do you think it will affect the competition if they were to lose and go out of the competition early? I don't think it's going to affect the, uh, the, the competition. I mean, the, the World Cup will still be there and the best countries will play and the, the, the best overall will win it. But it is definitely important for our country, right? I mean, obviously, I mean, we, we host them, so we want to go as far as we can, right? And uh, everybody is, is waiting and expecting this. So, yeah, it's pretty important for us, but I don't think it's going to affect you know, anything else. Fantastic. Well, uh, Nick, have you and your family have a fantastic day. Good luck. Enjoy the game and enjoy the World Cup. Thank you very much. Have Thank you, you very much. much. Yeah, what a great guy. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Now, it's, uh, we're looking to keep in touch while we're over here. We've set up a little WhatsApp group oh, yes, amongst ourselves, right, yeah. the producer and uh, our uh, head of football who's coming out to go on the road with us for Russia. And uh, Andy named it. And as we often get together when we do Cheltenham as a bit of a road trip, you've called the WhatsApp group Ruble Walsh. After the famous Russian jockey. That's right. Tremendous. Ruble Walsh, the famous uh, Russian jockey. And I do uh, do an impersonation, but I'll save it till we, till we get to Sochi, which is twinned with Cheltenham. Of course it is. That's right. We're more on that uh, a little bit nearer the time. Mm. But uh, we wonder what the Russian word for horse was. Mm. And uh, we put it into our old mate Microsoft Translate. Yeah, good old Mike. And it comes out as something that sounds... Very much like the, the unwanted byproduct <laughs> of the horse. So this is the translation of the word horse into yeah, Russian. It is. Or maybe it oh, Yeah, okay. It does sound, let's hear it once again. Oh, oh, yeah, so you say something like, that was complete and utter. Oh, it does well, that's true. Complete and utter horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. So have a little crash yeah. course. Do you want now, to, I've got some, right. now, in Brediment. For our trip here, I read a fine book, uh, Football Dynamo. It's written by a guy called Mark Bennett, who we've oh, yeah. spoken to on the show before. 
and it's the it really it's, it only goes up to 2008 it's a 10 year old book but it's still fascinating it's a little time capsule of what uh, Russia was like mm. and it um, kind of gives you a little insight into the Russian psyche as well and one of the things he talked about was when Gus Hiddink was doing a brilliant job with the national team in this country one of the things they liked in his press conference is he'd learnt some swearing Oh, really? When he came in and did his first press conference. Wasn't that one we just heard? No, I don't think so, no. Okay. Uh, but he did learn some swearing. Mm. And apparently Russians are incredibly proud of the, the kind of the amount of words and, and just the, yeah, the kind of breadth of the, of the ability oh. to swear and the amount of swear words they I'll have. I'll learn a few, then. Well, will you learn a few for us, Andy? I will. I'm perfectly prepared. I don't know if horse is one. By <laughs> no, the sound of that, I'll put them be. into my translator. I know quite a few in English. Fantastic. And that's, that's one little fact. They love their swearing. And another okay. one was, you're like this, but you're, you're very much this sort of guy, Andy. Mm. Um, they're, they're quite big on envy over here. They have a great <laughs> capacity, apparently, the Russians, for envy. And there is an old Soviet <laughs> oh, saying... Yeah. Uh, real happiness is when your neighbour's house burns down. <laughs> That's a beauty, I, isn't it? I can it? definitely identify think, with that one. No, with that, with that, we'd all live by that, wouldn't you, really? Fantastic. So there we are. We'll, we'll dip into Mark's book uh, throughout the next jolly, couple of jolly weeks jolly good. So. Now, no tournament is complete without a predicting animal. I mean, well, we've had isn't. Paul the octopus, Ken the octopus. Was it Ken or Paul? I can't remember. It was Paul, wasn't it? Paul the octopus. Yeah. Who's Ken the octopus? <laughs> I don't Who's called an octopus? Ken. <laughs> I, had an o- I forgot I had an octopus called Ken once. Ken the but... octopus <laughs> from Coronation. <laughs> octopus Coronation <laughs> yeah, Street. Right, yeah. That was it. And, uh, but here at Hawksby and Jacobs, we shall be sticking loyally and truly with our old mate, the, the king of the predictive animals, Tinsel the turkey. Tinsel the turkey spared for one more Christmas <laughs> yeah. to bring us the World Cup. <laughs> That's he right. Just, as long as there's always a football tournament on the horizon. <laughs> He's always grateful for it. Tinsel lives. And, under, you know, most predictive animals, you put out two bowls of food. Yes. One says Saudi Arabia. Yes. One says Russia. And, like, which one he it's, lo- it's a con, isn't it? Yeah, of course it? it's a con. That, yeah. It's all food-related. Yeah, but Tinsel, of course, brings more to the table. He's got a lot of good football knowledge. That. So, uh, let's see. I think we can catch up I'm sure with I saw him on that Sunday supplement with Neil Ashton. He was very good. He ate one of the croissants, if you noticed that. Yeah, I always thought they were plastic. I think they are. Apparently, we'll ask Martin Lipton a bit later on. But anyway, yeah. uh, so Tinsel, good afternoon. Ah, oh, there he is. There yeah, we are. It's, good, well, it's, great voice, to be, it? yeah. it's great to be with you too, Tinsel. And, uh, okay, it's the first game then of this World Cup. We'll be dipping in and out throughout the tournament, looking at some of the big games. But uh, Russia versus uh, Saudi Arabia. Um, so how do you see this one going? Really? Well, you think it'd be as open that was a as bit that? Brief. I thought, can you expand on that a little bit, Tinsel? Can you give us a little bit more? <laughs> I, I think he's gone into mating mode, hasn't no, he? <laughs> I know what I'm, I mean, you know full well what he said. He said yeah. there that, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia have had a recent change of manager oh, yeah. and that could affect them. Yes. Uh, Russia, the manager, not particularly popular, despite the fact he was a Russian international keeper. Yeah. He's not a popular man. So he, he does like to focus on the manager. He does. He's got his badges. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> he, has, he has got his badges. No question. So, um, and I think he was a little bit harsh there on, on, on the Russians. Yes. Um, as the host nation, they could, they could raise their game. But uh, let's get a score from you, Tinsel. Nil-nil. Nil-nil. That's not going to be a bit disappointing. That will be disappointing. Certainly very disappointing for the host. So uh, there we are. More from Tinsel. Uh, In-depth take. (laughs) We should do. Yeah. In-depth take. Blimey. In-depth take on all the games. (laughs) Talking to a sound effect. No, it's not. (laughs) Children are listening. You've just blown it. Oh, I'm sorry. No, of course. He's real. Of course, Tinsel's real. Of course he is.
What a mess he's made of the TalkSport studio. You know, I'm the kid saying, Mum, at Christmas, and is this tinsel? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, there so we go. So there we are. He'll be back uh, later on in the tournament, uh, no doubt, with an in-depth... Uh, I think he'd be good on the telly, don't you? I think oh, yeah. he'd be fantastic yeah. up in the studio. We'll, yeah, so anyway, move on. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, just, we'll leave it I was there. just debating whether he'd look good in HD. <laughs> <laughs> well, he might do. He'd look good in a shirt and tie, yeah, he wouldn't would, he? Yeah. So, anyway, you are listening to Hawksby and Jacobs on TalkSport with Justy. Give Cooking the Red Card all to your takeaway tonight. We'll have a look at the um, opening ceremony very yes. shortly, what we can expect apart from... Well, you said opening there. So we can look at some other ceremony, <laughs> like the closing right. ceremony. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get, let's get in first with the closing <laughs> ceremony, because no one else is talking about it. Not. So, uh, we're looking at the closing <laughs> ceremony this night. I'm reflecting on this fantastic <laughs> World Cup over in Russia, which was England won. <laughs> Good afternoon, welcome back to uh, Moscow. It's Paul Hawksman, Andy Jacobs. We're uh, live from Russia for the next two or so weeks in Sochi and Kaliningrad and indeed in St. Petersburg next week. Um, we're going to talk a bit of England in a moment. We've been joined now by uh, the Suns, Martin Lipton. Martin, good to see you. Pleasure to see you both. Uh, you've been in town since Sunday. What's your impressions been so far? I have to say, I've been surprised and pleased with how, A, how friendly everyone is, B, how organised the whole thing has been and uh, and see just a sense of anticipation that's go- going around and I think the sort of drab hand of Soviet bureaucracy has been leavened somewhat and lightened mm. and people are actually seeming to be enjoying themselves. Also, everywhere you look, they're finishing bits off. It is lastminute.com ski, isn't it, really, to be honest? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you told us the other day you left your hotel. When you came back, they kind of they built a new, new pavement. New pavement outside. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's been great. It has to be. And, you know, the organisation has been very slick. And I think everyone has been, been impressed with that. I went to the, the Congress yesterday um, where the decision on 2026, and that was all sorted very well and smoothly. And there was... There's been no issues at all. Yeah, it's to be hoped that the football lives up to it too. Uh, yeah. Slightly concerned from my point of view on VAR, VAR, the effect it'll have on this World Cup. They, they were making the right sort of noises, but they, Kalina saying he's tested it here. But you know that we've seen it in Europe. The potential for it to go wrong and spoil games is quite high. I think. It was really interesting. We had that briefing with uh, Kalina and Bisaka on Tuesday. Uh, and Moose went along for, for, for you as well, and I, and I was there. And they were absolutely adamant that this was going to work. It wasn't any, there's a question, this is going to work. Any, it, it will be impossible for us to miss serious foul play. It will be impossible for a dive to be awarded. It will be impossible for a black-white clear decision not to be right. And the referees have been told, take your time. If it, if it takes another two minutes to get the right decision, it's worth Brilliant. getting the right decision because otherwise you will go down in history as having made the wrong decision. Yeah, but that's so going to ruin the flow I think of the it game. Will, they, they accept that it does. I think there's no argument with that. They accept that the speed of the game will be affected. Their argument is very firmly people would rather go out because they were beaten rather than they were the victim of an injustice. And I think that's an, argu- an arguable position. Mm-hmm. Do we know if a bloke's on a yellow and then he dives and the referee says that's a yellow, will they look at that? Will he be sent off? And if he's sent off and it wasn't a dive, what do they do They then? will look at it to determine if it's a dive or not because it's a red ca- it becomes a red card decision, so therefore so it they can have be. To and also, but it, I think particularly more likely to get a dive for in anything in the penalty box will be looked at. Any goal will be looked at. Mm. That mm. Most of them will be just up. They, they claim that in most of the games, they did this whole tournament before the tournament, as it were, yeah. with the referees using VAR and the, and the system with local players and also with coaches to drill the, uh, the, the local players into what 
professional players would do, what sort of tricks they get up to and what formation, etc. And they said about in, in one in, they only needed to use the VAR in one in four or five games because the referees were getting more right than ever before because they know they're under this scrutiny and they're actually more acutely aware of what they need to do. But of course, it's easy to say it, it's harder to do when you've got 70,000 people yeah, yeah, when yeah. Russia are losing 1 0 in the last minute or, or Vizilla, you know. What about how they're going to keep the fans in the mix, whether that's both this TV and indeed fans in the stadium? Have they talked about how they're going to Oh, yes, do that? This, is, this is actually very interesting. Obviously, last season we had this lack of communication in, in England and I think the FA acknowledged it was a problem. Um, the giant screams in every stadium will flash up when there's, a, when there's been an overrule, they will say on the screen something like, no foul, no penalty. Or foul, you know, um, no foul goal, whatever it might be, wow. and then they will put up a video clip of the angle that was used to determine the decision. So you will see in the stadium and at home the rationale behind the decision, which I've always thought was a good idea. Yeah, you know, I think if we're going to bring it in, we've got to bring it in the Premier League. But of course, you can't at the moment in the Premier League. Old Trafford and Anfield haven't got giant screens. Where would you put them? without blocking off seats it becomes a bit of an issue actually I'm surprised they're saying that you, they're not going to get anything wrong I mean we saw in England we saw in the cup final you know that most people thought Ashley Young handled the ball they looked at it and said he did you know so that, you are going to get that aren't you they, 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 they take the view that ball to hand will, will be judged on the call of the referee hand to ball will be definitive black-white. So you've got a bit of consistency. Let's see. The ki- they know they have to be consistent. But, they, but that, the onus on consistency is more on the VAR official than the match official. Because the match official only sees it once, the referee or the lino. They get one look at it. The VAR's got all the angles. There's 13 of them in, a, in the various teams. They have got to be consistent game after game after game. And then you get clarity, you get certainty... And it becomes more acceptable to everyone, I think. Yeah. The problem is if, we, if decisions are so widely different for the same act, they're, in, they're going to be, yeah, going to be, going to be a problem. But I also suspect that the story of this World Cup will be VAR. Now, Martin, you're a veteran of many World Cups and you've followed England around over the years. And there's been a definite thaw, I think, in relations. This is the FA are very, very keen, to, I think, to improve the relationship between the press and the players. And we saw that with the, the get-together, the NFL-style accessibility of the players when every player was available for a chat with the press a couple of weeks ago. Adding to that, Nigel Adley, our England correspondent, has just tweeted me and he said, Paul, uh, the England players have just come into the media centre for a game of darts and some bowling. We're actually allowed Ten to find out the score bowling. of the darts. <laughs> but he said, no, the charm offensive is, well, is continuing. Which that makes sense. I've long said that you cannot expect players to play with freedom of expression and to, you know, to, to not worry about the consequences if they're so scared of giving up any information that they walk onto the pitch with mental straitjackets. I mean, at the, at the Euros, there was this whole thing about not giving away the dart score when they played in the, in the hotel. They're <laughs> crying out that's loud. ridiculous. What is that? that was, I'm afraid that's Gary Neville. It was Gary Neville and the old players were scared of him because he wanted to control everything. That's his way of doing things. It just doesn't... I don't think it works. I think it works in a club environment because it's got, you've got one supreme leader. You know, football, yeah. International football is different. Everyone mm. comes together to try and find commonality of purpose in a short period of time. And there's extra pressure. If you lose a game for your club and make a mistake, you'll still be cheered by your club fans next week because you play for the club. Mm. If you make a mistake for England, every rival fan will be digging you out. It's just the nature of it because of the partisanship which is part of football. So anything that makes players less fearful of the consequences of their action makes them more relaxed, makes them more open 
has got to be better. It doesn't guarantee anything, but it increases the possibility that it might be better. Choice of venue fascinated me a little bit. Watching Frankie Boyle's uh, show the other day, I hadn't realised what a drive it is to the airport in St. Petersburg. And that could get quite draining the longer they From go. From their base in From their Rapino, base in yeah. Rapino yeah. to the airport in St. Petersburg. It's about 45, 50-minute drive. Then you play the game, you fly there, you play the game, you fly back, you've got to make that drive again. Fine if you've had a decent result. Could be a long drive if you haven't. And you do sort of wonder, it's a strange, and it's nothing there at all. I mean, maybe that's a good thing, I don't know. What, what do you think of that? I, I do think it's slightly isolated, uh, and that may be a problem. But I think the difference is, if you've got a good atmosphere in the camp, it doesn't actually matter. You don't need to get out. You need to get out if you've got an, in, an intrusive, aggressive camp. If you've got a relaxed environment, then you're happy to stay anyhow. Journey to the airport, yeah, it's, it's not the shortest, but they were doing 45 minutes of training in Brazil because of the traffic, mm. um, getting from their hotel to Urca would take a long time, even though it was only about 10 minute, you know, should have been a 10 minute journey, but it wasn't because of the traffic. Mm. So therefore, you know, it's not the worst thing. Hopefully they'll have to do it seven times. We'll all be happy if that's the case. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Uh, he's out and about the loose, uh, Nicky, ahead of the game today. We'll be crossing there shortly with Mark Saggers and the gang to bring you full coverage. But as we said, Moose is out and about. Hi, Moose. Hi, how are you? You're right. I'm actually sat behind the goal. Oh, nice. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Fantastic. Now, of course, you're a very important role today, but for us, you have a very, very important role. You fulfilled it brilliantly uh, in Brazil four years ago. We will be setting you some tasks. I know you love these tasks. I know you'll always rise to them, your great spirit. And so, are you up for the challenge? Yeah, it depends what they are. <laughs> yeah, we say, yeah. Fully behind that, then. <laughs> uh, but we're going to kick you off with a nice, easy one. When you're out and about talking to fans from around the world, our producer, uh, John Cadogan, is a big uh, Torquay fan. And uh, we'd like to think they've got some notoriety <laughs> around the world. So what we'd like you to do is find somebody from uh, the great family yeah. of football fans from around the world who've heard of Torquay. You Torquay can drop United. Some key phrases yeah. Like, yeah. Not, not as a seaside resort, but as a football team. So you've got to find you know, a Peruvian, a Colombian that can give you a chapter and verse on the great Cyril Knowles uh, I mean, era I mean, at Plainmore. I mean, I mean, I mean, I've got more chance of finding a Peruvian Colombian that sees 40 towers than those talk geekers of that than <laughs> uh, the football team, if I'm honest. No, well, no, give it a go. I know you let's will. See if we, see if you can get, that's, that's your challenge, Moose. See if you can find right. a, a little bit of interest in talking United. By, by what? By tomorrow or by tomorrow or by Monday or... Oh, no, for tomorrow. Right, tomorrow. For yeah. tomorrow, because we've got, other, sh we've got oh, other tasks for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we've got other tasks for you for Monday and for Tuesday. So, uh, and we want to book the helicopter for okay. Monday. No, I'm only kidding. Um, so, what a great situation you, you find yourself in here, right behind the goal before the first game. You'll be nice and close for the opening ceremony. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's going to be brilliant. I mean, um, you know, Robbie Williams and, and, and everything they've got planned. It won't be so great if the Russian striker's in on goal and he fires five yards wide. It smacked me in the face. It won't, it won't, it won't look quite, like quite a good position then. But I actually yeah. disagree with you and your, your bookie guy there. I think this could be something like 2-2. I think it could be quite a few goals this afternoon. Really? I, I mean, all the evidence points. That there's two teams that aren't that free-scoring. Uh, and there's a lot riding on it for both of them. Lose this game, really, and you're out of the World Cup with the other two matches to come. And it's the yeah, first they're both match very bad. They're both, they're both really bad teams. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're ranked 17. Sorry, the, the Russian... The Russian uh, goalkeepers are coming out. This is uh, and the number one goal is within about five feet of me, which is why the uh, Russian fans behind me have started to, to get all, all excited. So I, I think these are two very poor sides. I and mean, 
And in general, when two poor sides meet, I mean, they're, they're poor for a reason because they can't defend. So I think we might see a few goals. Yeah, what's, what's the pitch like? Because you're on, you're on the pitch there, your pitch it, side. It used to be plastic yeah. back in the day, didn't mm. it, Luzhniki's pitch? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it looks in absolutely magnificent condition. I mean, I can, I can almost reach over and touch it. It's about five yards of, um, not even five yards maybe, of asset between me and the actual grass. You can see it's kind of woven in. It's like all these modern-day pitches. It's not 100% grass. It's woven into some sort of synthetic uh, type of... Uh, you know, uh, thing that binds it together. That's, what, that's the word I'm looking for. But it does look absolutely magnificent. And uh, at the moment, the, the goalies are coming out to the wall, just warming up in front of me, and the teams will be out soon to warm up. And then, then we get Robbie Williams with his five songs, a, a few words of encouragement from Vladimir Putin, uh, and then we can get the, the World Cup underway. Fantastic, the opening Marvelous. ceremony. Some big stars from the, from Russia as well will be uh, doing their bits. Uh, I think Placido Domingo's back. He can't get enough Is of them he? at the moment. <laughs> Ida Garofalina, she'll be there, the Russian soprano. Really? Oh, yeah. What do yeah. you mean, really? Like you haven't heard of her. An Albina Shagimaratova. That's easy for you to say. She'll be oh. singing It Wasn't Me <laughs> and uh, Mr. Boombast. <laughs> so, Moose, have, uh, enjoy it. I'm sure we'll see you on the coverage. You always manage to get your uh, face on the telly uh, in a global audience. So, Torquay, work on it, yep, for tomorrow. Uh, I will do. Can, can you just say that last name again for me? <laughs> uh, okay cheers moose we'll catch up with you tomorrow so there we are that's the moose at the luzhniki stadium and that is us for day one here in moscow we yes. return tomorrow at the slightly earlier time with games of course kicking off much earlier we'll be with you from 10 a.m in the morning straight after breakfast so there we are uh, that was uh, at the start of our journey we're back tomorrow from moscow then we head off to st petersburg to uh, bring you more then sochi and on to kaliningrad as well. So uh, thanks for downloading us. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.